Vice President of Social Media, and John Hyde in the newsroom. Now, the Fireworks Commissioner, Flashlight King, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic Segment Number One. Vacationing at an undisclosed location? Yeah, in a his garage. garage. In a yeah, garage right. somewhere. But is it his garage? Uh, he is. He did tell me he was going to remain home, sweeping out the garage and uh, probably uh, cleaning up, changing the cardboard underneath those um, those British cars that he likes, the Triumph and the... Uh, himself on a rock He somewhere. is not. He said he's got things to get done. Because he should be. Can you believe this weather? No, this is really... Um, uh, it's it's uh, disheartening. Disheartening weather. However, it's like Denver. That's the nicest thing I've heard anybody say about the weather in the yeah, last it couple is. of it's, days. It's, uh, it just takes its toll on you, and usually we can get by this. Isn't he a little old for that? <laughs> yes, oh, I wow. Oh, I see, you know what? If only you knew, Governor. <laughs> my wife is listening. I'm in big trouble. So. That's sick, Ricky. That's, <laughs> yes. a, that's, a, that's a sneak <laughs> preview. Of Turn the first... page, pal. Turn <laughs> the page. I got my my van. Wow. I got all the windows blocked it's out. I got some me. new shag carpet. Why did go to prison You're again? Total yeah. weirdo. I'm going to talk high school. Nope. It was supposed to happen two weeks ago. Somehow, he and a couple of his teammates found a golf course that was open in Prior Lake yesterday. Yeah, that's one you never want to play in season. Yeah. The first one that's open. <laughs> you never want to play that again. They went and played 18 holes yesterday. I have no idea how, but, you know, Minnesotans are, are a hardy breed. We'll, we'll find... But he still has the, the title. And today, outside my window, there was a young man that had shorts and a t-shirt on as he was waiting for the bus stop. And I didn't know if he was tough or really dumb. I couldn't figure that one out. I'm not sure. Could be a combination of the two. He just made an appearance on my At Issue program. You will see that entire interview coming up on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, a show I know Governor Plenty never misses. <clears throat> That's what he even wore? When he, even when he was in Is Washington. that what he wore? That, that is what he wore. That's what you wore, Governor? <laughs> You I'm just trying for, to get back at you for getting at me. Take a look at what rookie. <laughs> take a look at what rookie's wearing, <laughs> right, and then right. consider the source. You for, for a guy who has a haircut that looks like Nick Bockwinkel's in his prime, <laughs> he, he was more of a sod buster, Kenny J. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's my record anyway. Yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. Well, uh, Governor, you, you threw your hat in the ring officially about a week ago, yep, right? Yep. Uh, week ago, Thursday, and then you met with reporters last last Friday, and it. It begs the question, why do you want to sick politics, the divided politics? And I think this situation calls for somebody with strength and experience who can come in and bridge those divides. I think I can do that. I think I'm at the point in my career, in my life where I can do that. And two, I think in short, Minnesota's got some challenges, one of which is the middle class is getting squeezed. Middle income Minnesotans, modest income Minnesotans are getting squeezed. And I want to put it's of nature of politics will say, well, you were part of that uh, back when you were governor from 2003 to 2011. And, you know, not just you, yep. but really everybody. I mean, it's it's been toxic for a long time. As much as people yeah. talk about how this all seems new, it's been toxic for a long time. No question. And that doesn't mean we can't make it better or we can't slow up a government in people's lives. We're always going to have that debate. But I think it can be done in a way that is decent, thoughtful, and hopefully raises the bar. And, you know, when, when people look at, your candidacy, uh, Democrats in particular, are going to point to, look, when he when he left office, there was a projected budget deficit of over $6 billion uh, for leaving behind that 
projected deficit, or was that due to circumstances beyond any governor's control? Yeah, in terms of my record, it includes some of these highlights. I had the lowest rate of government spending in 40 years. I cut taxes as governor and as majority leader in the Minnesota uh, House. We also, when I was governor, did marketplace instead of government place health care reforms, which is a big issue to bring down health care premiums uh, and more. So there's that's my record. In terms of this debt budget period that ended that following summer was actually in surplus. And what people are talking about is this projected deficit in the two years after that. And uh, that's based on assumptions that I wouldn't have agreed with. A bunch of spending increases proposals that I would not have agreed with. And... Again, it was a projected deficit. And by the way, Governor Dayton solved that without raising taxes. And there was also criticism of some of the accounting gimmicks and the shifts and tax. Uh, that That is all going to be fair game on the campaign sure, trail. Absolutely. Not just from Democrats, but from your Republican opponents. Yeah, I'm happy were, to talk about all of that. The health impact fee was actually litigated in a court of law and found to be a fee, not a tax. Not that that's neither here nor there. It was part of a compromise. To That was one of the reasons it was found to be a user fee. And not a tax. Uh, and, and the other issue you mentioned, I forget, before the health impact fee was... Uh, the, the, the accounting gimmicks, accounting, you know, having yeah. to so put we did off this some thing of the called payments the school to schools. Yeah. So when, when Carlson inherited a budget deficit from projected budget deficit from Perpich, he did this school payment delay. When, uh, yes, every time Minnesota's been in recession or budget crisis, and all it really comes down to is this. Schools in Minnesota get payments from the state twice a year, the main payments twice a year. And we delayed one of those payments from the spring to the fall. They didn't lose money. They just lost a few months in terms of time when they got the payment. And so this is not some radical, crazy idea that I cooked up dual payments from spring to fall. A portion, just a smaller portion, not even a majority of them, of those payments from the spring to the fall. Why was there such a large projected deficit? Was it largely because... Uh, tax receipts were down across really all platforms due to the recession? Yeah, we had a near depression. So I had two recessions when I was governor in a different time. Of course, when people talk about what was, remember, I came in in 2003. That was a pretty significant recession in the early 2000s. Uh, and then when, of course, the 2000 state had these kinds of challenges or nearly every state had these kinds of challenges. So it wasn't something unique to Minnesota or my governorship. And, and these things make sense to me, but the average voter out there is going to listen to that old saying, when you're explaining, you're losing. And my record, again, if you want a bunch of government spending, you want to increase taxes, you want to have more government health care, you don't want accountability in government, you want things like you can't get your license tabs renewed, then vote for more of the same. But if you want somebody who's willing to be strong and bring parties together and talk about issues like how we're going to have schools be accountable for results, getting technical training. And are, are you concerned at all about how you're going to have to explain to Republicans who are big supporters of Donald Trump. By the way, let's say, Tom, keep in mind, I'm going to be running against not the ideal person. Let's say, for example, I run against Tim Walz. been in Congress his whole life, with modest exceptions, has been in government his whole life. He just, you know, lives, eats, breathes a government and real time in the what people would consider real life or the private sector. So you're running against somebody who also has a record, and that record is going to be very different than mine. He's going to want more government spending, more tax increases, and I think I'll be uh, happy to compare my record to that. And people will look at your time in Washington uh, representing the financial services industry. Highfalutin circles, (laughs) shall we say. (laughs) Is that going to be what you learned through that role? Is that going to be... Uh, helpful in being governor of Minnesota? I think helpful because, look, I grew up in South St. Paul. My dad was a truck driver. My mom died when I was young. But to have the opportunity to be successful in their own way. And so that was a good job offer. I took it. 
Uh, I was the CEO of this financial services roundtable, and it's relevant for this reason. I learned a lot about really important issues like cybersecurity and how to better defend against cyber attacks. And also, every Minnesotan every day uses or touches a financial service product, debit collides, every day. And understanding how that works and making sure we have a well-functioning system for consumers and businesses, really important. And then lastly, you know, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of really good paying jobs in Minnesota in that sector. So it's an important part of our economy. We've got a couple minutes left with Governor Plenty. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, where he stands now on President Donald Trump after uh, during the campaign, he called him unfit for office. The gov would do it the way I did. <laughs> Here you go, gov. Governor Polenta with a hula hoop at the State Fair. Listen up. That's why he should be voted in as governor again because he's such a great sport at the Minnesota Great at the Great Minnesota Get Together. Well, and, and, and whoever it was that said uh, one you word for you, YouTube, uh, they were right. Because I will now have to use that in a story I do on the campaign trail at some point. The governor. (laughs) A good sport he is. Yes, Yes. absolutely. The State Fair. I like the fact that Rookie brought us in with a little uh, Tennessee whiskey from Chris Stapleton. I love it. This is uh, is one of our. Hauser's got a little lowball going in here. It's awesome. It is Friday afternoon and it's a scramble. It's a Friday scramble. It's as sweet as Tennessee whiskey. (laughs) There are many Republicans in this state who are big Donald Trump supporters who still hold that against you, how do you try to win their support? Yeah, real simple, Tom. Look, he said what he said on the Access Hollywood tape. That's what set me off. That's what made me make those comments on my own behalf, on behalf of my wife, my daughters. Uh, You know, you just can't say that kind of stuff and not be held to account. And so I thought it was important to speak up about that. I will say since then. So, you know, I think he's doing a good job in terms of outlining a policy direction for our country. I just don't like and haven't liked some of his past comments and behaviors. Now, when you say you agree with a lot of that, does that include a lot of his controversial stands on on immigration and his dealings with uh, North to confront in a firm and strong way, North Korea? I think we absolutely need to crack down on on illegal immigration, not legal immigration, but illegal immigration in a variety of ways. And so there's a bunch of stuff that and more tax reform and reductions. I agreed with that as well. And so you look at what he's trying to do as far as I'm concerned, much of it, again, not all of it, but much of it I strongly agree with. And uh, obviously, this that has nothing to do with you know the, whether you're President Trump or the Congress. And again, it's been Republicans and Democrats. The debt in Washington D.C. We talked about the debt earlier. It's just out of control. They don't even try to balance the budget anymore. It's sad. And again, we talk about my opponents, one of which is in Congress. I mean, the debt is absolutely reckless. And they, whether you're Republican or Democrat, but particularly Walls or Aaron Murphy or whoever emerges on the Democratic side, you've got. Jeff Johnson, who who is running, Mary Giuliani <clears throat> Stevens, Keith Downey. Uh, it's, it sounds to me like you're going to attempt to get the endorsement, but if you don't, uh, you're moving on to a primary. We're going to explore the endorsement. I'm getting in real late, obviously. And the main reason for that, I, I met with most of that. If you're not, and we get into the first part of the year, we may need somebody to come in with more strength and ability to win the election. In a blue, let's, let's face it, it's a light blue state. Republicans have a strong headwind here, or at least some headwind normally. And this year, it's even going to be more strong. So this is an uphill climb even in a normal year, and it's going to be even a steeper uphill climb this year for the Republicans. And these other candidates, you know, I, I know them, I like them, but the fact of the matter is they have no name ID, they're not raising any money, they're getting no traction. Your fundraising been going. Are you, are, on, on Monday <laughs> when you report this, yeah. is, it, is it going to be a, a, a wowser number or... 
you know, I, fundraising is just one part of this. It's just a means to an end in terms of resources so you can get your message out. Republicans have been outspent if you look at not only their actual campaign dollars, but also the so-called third-party money that goes into gubernatorial races in Minnesota. With the exception of my race in 2006, Republicans get their employee unions and all the stuff that they bring. And frankly, Minnesota hasn't been in recent cycles. And it's one of the reasons they've, they've not done well. How concerned are you about the potential for... So no Republican has gotten 51% of the vote in this state in a quarter of a century. Norm got 49%. Norm Coleman in a two-way race. I got almost 47% in a three-way race in 2006 in a really tough year. So I've seen this movie before. You know, normally Minnesota tilts a little blue. Uh, this year t- it's tilting darker blue. And that's a concern. I just can get a stronger candidate. You did win in 2006, a squeaker over Mike Hatch in a year that was another blue year. Uh, you managed to overcome uh, that. Uh, part of it had to do with a gaffe by the Hatch campaign. But did you learn any lessons from 2006? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a tough battle. And Attorney General Hatch was a formidable candidate in a really tough year. Remember, that was pretty... Um, Minnesotans still, more so, there's this thing called tribal voting across the country now where some people say they're independents, but they're really kind of closet Republicans or Democrats. They, they, they vote four times out of five one way or the other. And Minnesota still has a little sliver of people who uh, will ticket split most a lot of parts of the country. That's almost gone. So either robotically red or robotically blue. And my hope is that that swing the else. Uh, but he still lost about 1.5% in a year that was, you know, a phenomenal year. Did really well in the 8th Congressional District, which is up on the uh, mining. But Republicans have also been losing, as we've been doing better in the North and in greater Minnesota. We've been, yeah, we've got to campaign and do well across the whole state. And remember, even if you lose in the central central cities or first-ring suburbs, if you do somewhat better, that still counts to the overall vote a total. So you can't and shouldn't, of course, for usually do sort of like your high school sports career. You want to lose better. <laughs> yes. That was that was my mantra when I was in high school. Lose better. Lose better than anyone else. Rookie, I think you know what I'm talking yes, about. You know, yeah. Yes. Mine was just I don't want to be left out. <laughs> uh, but final thing. Uh, it, it, yes, we got Johnny Hyde in here for news here. Right. So Okay, just uh, yeah. ten seconds. Okay. Uh, He's never a, said ten seconds. There's, a, there's, seconds a, lot, there's a lot of people who uh, have turned eighteen uh, since you last served as governor, mm-hmm. what's your pitch to them? My pitch to them is we have to get ready for the future. And, you know, we're going to be talking about education reform and accountability. We're going to be talking about making college more affordable, but making sure that everybody sees themselves in the picture that is the American future, the Minnesota future. And I- Democrats on that issue between now and the middle of May. So you can catch that 10 o'clock Sunday morning. And now Good should luck, we go Gov. to Johnny Height? Uh, we're going to take our break, take break and, and then, then we're going to come back, back with the fresh pipes. Sounds good. Thanks, Rob. Be back. Are you deep seven five? Commencing garage logic segment number three. Welcome back to garage logic. I almost said welcome back to that issue, which. Yeah, you had to switch hats so quickly, I had to switch you? hats. I had about a three-minute swing between <laughs> finishing that show and starting this show. But I've eaten up enough of Johnny Heights' time, and it better have to do with a mummified monkey. <laughs> right. That's yeah. all Somewhere. I care. Still, <laughs> and this update brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. Twins got a really nice performance from Jose Barrios, Joe Maurer, and three RBIs, and got his 2,000th career hit. The Twins win the series opener against the White Sox. Lead the best of seven, one game 
to none. And last night was the uh, WNBA draft, and the Lynx with the last pick in the draft, the final pick in the third and final round Ooh, took... why do they always screw us over? The last pick. This is an outrage. <laughs> oh, it's go. because they won the championship. <laughs> oh, that's right. Woo! Last picker! Is getting, you know, screwed over, but uh, it's different, you're saying. No, almost the exact They're following opposite. procedure. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. News notes from today. The weather focus has been on the snowstorm we're expecting, but uh, before the snow got there, uh, Minnesota had some problems with severe thunderstorms this morning. Just after 9 this morning, National Weather Service reported a severe thunderstorm moving east to northeast into Watanwan and Brown counties. A tweet said wind gusts of up to 60 miles an hour and half-inch-sized hail was possible in that storm. Mm-hmm. And WS later reported re- reports of pea-sized hail had been received from New Ulm, mm-hmm. in Patrick's words. According to the St. Peter <laughs> Police Department, a mix of wintry precipitation mm-hmm. following uh, falling there Friday morning. Chris is pretty excited about yeah, this foot of snow. Okay. That's why you're hearing him. I just, the are you I'm done here tonight? No, I'm done. I'm done. Are you going to sleep here? No. Yeah. I'm just, I'm done. Done. I'm done. He's I'm done. not shoveling. I'm not doing anything. No reason to shovel this one. I agree with you on this one. Last just, week just I didn't agree. Let, just let it melt. Yeah. Right? But this is all going to freeze, though. That's what the part of the problem. No, it's going to be 40 on it's Monday. It's not going to get that cold. 40 Monday, 44 Tuesday. Come on. A Dodge County woman who had been named a person of interest in her husband's death is also being sought in connection to a murder in Florida now. Authorities there said today that 56-year-old Lois Reese is wanted for murder, grand theft, and was last seen in Texas. One law enforcement official said at a press conference this morning her mode of operation is to befriend a woman who resembles her and steal their, uh, their identity. A TV station there had reported earlier that Reese is a person of interest in the mur- a murder in Fort Myers. The sources told WZVN that she could be using the name Pamela Sellers Hutchinson, who was the victim in the murder at Marina Village at Snug Harbor on Old San Carlos Boulevard. Yesterday, the Dodge County Sheriff's Office said second-degree murder charges are pending against Reese in Minnesota for the death of her husband, 54-year-old David Reese. Authorities have been searching for her since her husband was found dead at their home with multiple gunshot wounds on March 20. Third, President Donald Trump slamming James Comey today as, quote, a weak and untruthful slime ball and a proven leaker and liar. The day, after, back. <laughs> the day after excerpts from the former FBI director's tell-all book surfaced in media reports, uh, his entire tweet uh, said James Comey is a proven leaker and liar. Virtually everyone in Washington thought he should be fired for the terrible job he did until he was, in fact, fired. He leaked classified information for which he should be prosecuted. He lied to Congress under oath. He's weak and untruthful slimeball who was, as time has proven, a terrible director of the FBI. His handling of the crooked Hillary Clinton case and events surrounding it will go down as one of the worst botched jobs in history. It was my great honor to fire James Comey. I think he doth protest too much. (laughs) Comey's book, A Higher Loyalty, a copy of which CNN obtained, details his conversations with the president, compares the president to a mob boss and slams the what he calls the forest fire that is the Trump presidency i love how cnn says they obtained the book i am like there was some gumshoe reporting going on when in reality it's a book publisher going this is our dream to have cnn talk about this book over and over and over and over again yes (laughs) uh very bizarre did you guys see the story from cincinnati about the kid in the van it's so strange. Yeah, I don't I really understand that. I don't happened. think I've heard it, no. Authorities uh, pledged to find out what went wrong in the death of a 16-year-old boy they say became trapped by a minivan bench seat in a school parking lot and whose body was found about six hours after he first called 911. According to Police Chief Elliot Isaac, a dispatcher was put on administrative leave and the actions of all personnel involved will be reviewed. 
Hamilton County Prosecutor Joe Detter said his office is trying to identify experts to help in its own probe with the coroner's office. The coroner ruled the teenager died of asphyxia from his chest being compressed. Plush first called 911 at 3.15 in the afternoon Tuesday, saying he was stuck inside a van in desperate need of help, but he was unable to hear the dispatcher's questions, according to police, and a call back to his cell phone after it disconnected went to voicemail. Police got to the school seven minutes later, spent 11 minutes driving through the area looking for oh signs of anyone in distress. They couldn't find anything. And county sheriff's deputy on traffic duty at school also checked around. Well, Plush called 911 again at 335. Police said this time he provided a description of the vehicle as he desperately pleaded for help but couldn't hear the dispatcher. The teen said over 911, this is not a joke. I'm almost dead. He asked the dispatcher to, quote, tell my mom I love her if oh, I die. moly. Police were unable to locate the boy in any of several parking lots in the Seven Hills School Complex. Police said a friend called the boy's parents that night saying he hadn't shown up as planned for a tennis match. His mom used an app to locate the phone at Seven Hills. They called the country dispatch center, a county, excuse me, and police said family members then arrived at the unlocked vehicle with the unresponsive teen inside. Police and fire responders getting there were unable to revive him. According to the school, he was a young man of keen intelligence, good humor, and great courage, and the whole community feels the loss. Authorities say Plush was in the rear of the minivan when he became trapped by a seat. The vehicle was a 2002. Maybe he was, must have been, you know, maybe grabbing for his tennis racket. Reaching or? underneath, yeah, and somehow it got stuck. Boy, but how bizarre. The vehicle was a 2002 Honda Odyssey. Some models had been the subject of a national recall because the second row of seats accidentally tipped forward, but 2002 vans were not part of that recall. Isaac said police will study possible equipment malfunctions. Mayor John Cranley urged prayers for the family, saying, so, Our hearts are heavy. How? Okay. This is a bizarre story. A very, it's bizarre. And, well, yeah, and the, and the plea, tell my mom I love her Ugh. if I don't make it. Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, it, it wasn't really like Keystone Cops because, the, you know, the, they were driving through looking for, you know, they, they didn't really know what they, they were. They didn't know, yeah, exactly. Because he was yeah. underneath. Mm-hmm. So it was just like the perfect storm of yeah. horribleness. Horrible story. All right, uh, let's. Uh, why don't we take our break and let's come back and that get wasn't fresh. exactly the kicker. I was. That wasn't uh, the no, kicker. Can, can we talk about the mummified mummy? I'll tell a story about that <laughs> later. Let's talk about that Dayton's mummified mummy. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll be back. Elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. And among the many things you are going to learn is how much rain and sleet and snow are we going to get? Nicole Mitchell is joining us from the Five Eyewitness News Weather Center. And Nicole, at the last word I heard was we're expecting anywhere between one inch and three feet of snow. <laughs> Can you, can you <laughs> narrow it down at all in that range? It feels like that, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Um, yeah, because the the interesting thing with the way this is setting up, this is a huge system that's impacting like the whole central United States. So, And we're on the very northern edge. So you get a little farther north of the cities, and it tapers off really quickly. Northern Minnesota doesn't see anything. You get a little farther south of us, they, they're slightly warmer. They get more rain. They get less snow. So right in the middle is where we're stuck, stuck in the middle with you, right? Yes. And um, unfortunately, right now we are placed in that heavier band 
where it could easily be, uh, I would say, some places seen eight inches to a foot. Wow. Through so, this corridor. So now, that's if kind it shifts of the range. a little, then we get on one of those lesser areas. Yeah, so that's the range you're at. And is that the entire metro area? I know sometimes we get these storms where, like, Blaine gets nothing and, and Egan gets a foot. Right. And, and that's why I kind of qualified. Like, it's a very, through central Minnesota, it's a pretty narrow band of who's getting the, the heavy stuff. So a little shift in that, you are absolutely correct could change that somewhat, but it does look like most of the metro is going to be stuck in that heavier corridor. And then, of course, uh, I don't know how closely you looked at the forecast, but that western portion of Minnesota is in blizzard conditions or will be in blizzard conditions with places easily seen over a foot. So, yeah, you get a little to our north, that's where it starts taping, tapering off, and a little to the south, it's more rain. But uh, it looks like most of the re- metro right now falls under that heavier band. What is your best advice for anybody who might have travel plans? this weekend (laughs) (laughs) don't yeah um (laughs) i wouldn't be going out i I, this is a good week to hunker down and i know i feel bad i one of my friends literally was asking about her kid's birthday tomorrow and people coming in town and i just don't know that certain things are worth it you know especially now that i have kids i sometimes i think things aren't meant to be and tomorrow is going to be a lot of snow and high winds um so unless it's really critical i think it's a a good weekend to just say you know what maybe some things weren't meant to be maybe a quick trip to the liquor store on the way home tonight (laughs) maybe some frozen pizza maybe some uh, logs for the fire right right, right. there's a lot of movies i need to catch up on and i will be here but um you know that's an idea uh, so you want to give us the forecast then just to, over the next like 36 hours, what are you expecting? Sure. Uh, I, I, I've already actually seen a couple of wet flakes of snow mix in, but it should stay mostly rain until this evening, switching over to snow, uh, not so much snow accumulating overnight tonight, just a couple inches. Saturday during the day is when it's really just going to crank heavy snow and the highest winds that could gust over 40 miles per hour. So tomorrow those temperatures drop even more to about 32 degrees. So it's going to be cold windy snowy Um, and then the snow continues Saturday night again it starts to get a little lighter and some of that lingering on Sunday so Sunday's a much better day but we still will be seeing some of that snow but really the the height of the snow is going to be Saturday you know Nicole I have an ice rink in my backyard that ordinarily by this time of year I have not only poked a hole in it and drained it (laughs) I've taken the tarp and thrown it away and put the boards away but right now it is literally still buried in snow even before this new snow system comes. Yeah, I'm not, I'm well, not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. No. I'm just stating some facts here, Nicole. I'm getting a little tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. I would love a nice 50-degree day myself. Well, we had one yesterday, but yeah, just, just average, which is 56, would feel really nice right now. Yes, our modest expectations here in Minnesota. Nicole Mitchell, thank you very much. Yeah. We'll check in with you again in an hour and see if things have changed at all. Thank you. And we're, a little bit later, we're going to talk to somebody from the Timberwolves. They are getting out ahead. They usually wouldn't go to their playoff game until Saturday. Okay. And they're going to be leaving today to try oh. to get out before the storm. That is news. Before they go to uh, to Houston. So we'll be talking a little bit more about that. We're going to take a break. Garage Logic will continue. Do you have anything major planned this weekend that you've got to get to? 
Are you going to keep us in suspense? Because I asked that on the air. <laughs> I thought he was just talking to me. I didn't know we no, were going out over 50,000 watts. If it would have been off the air, I would have been a little more foul-mouthed. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> uh, as I was mentioning to you off-air, yes, I am on call tomorrow. Okay. You know, every six weeks, uh, each reporter has to take a, yeah. uh, a shift in case, you know, major calamities ensue. Right. Or somebody calls in sick. Either one of those things to me is a calamity. Right. <laughs> but... Right. So it's looking, if Nicole is correct, and we're going to get a foot of snow, or if we end up with three feet of snow, I will almost certainly be working tomorrow. So where she said everybody should just stay home and not travel, I will be the one out there literally traveling and then telling Let's you. Let's go to the live drive. <laughs> All you got to do is send a photog and just drive around your house, you know, a six block <laughs> radius, and then go, yeah, we're all good now. It's, yeah, uh, I don't see any traffic out here at all. Of course, oh I'm gosh. in a I'm in a neighborhood where there's very little traffic, even on the best of days. So, well, tonight's a good night to be. You know, you got the Wild playing the Timberwolves, and their playoff chances are. are uh, when does that start? That starts on Sunday. Oh, their first game, so they get a few days to rest up. Jimmy Butler gets a little time to to heal up. He's been playing well the last few games, but it'll be nice to get him more fully back uh, and healthy. And we're going to hopefully be joined by Brad Ryder from the Minnesota Timberwolves at the top or near the top of our next hour. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the fact that they left town a little early. The team is going to, uh, to beat this uh, snowstorm out of town and Mm -hmm. get down to Houston. So that'll be interesting. And hopefully if you can work your magic, we will see if we can play a little audio from a story yesterday on Five Eyewitness News about all the things that have changed yeah, since the, we're working on that. I since think it's going to happen. Since the last time we were in the playoffs in 2004, when I was only a 12-year veteran of Five Eyewitness News. Uh, we'll be back after 